This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Mark and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what we can do to help. And we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Thank you. My name's Ross. I'm an alcoholic. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help each other recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is the desire to stop drinking. There are no fees or dues for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So, what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of, of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to, to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you are at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and to admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with the obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease after having that first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up that first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted their life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12 Steps Program of Recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety, one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise helpless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy being sober. Okay, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member 
who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. Would you like to introduce yourself um, and give us a quick sketch of who you are, age, how long you've been sober, occupation and family? Hey, my name's Ross, I'm an alcoholic. I'm 58. I have just moved to Christchurch from a smaller city, smaller fellowship. I've been sober 21 years plus. And um, what else? And uh, family, your family? Oh, yes. Um, I have a daughter who is uh, seven months older than my sobriety. And um, I've got a uh, brother living somewhere else and, and my sister lives elsewhere and parents are dead. Cool. And would you like to describe your childhood? Okay. Yeah. Um, earliest memories was, uh, was in an orphanage. Mum... Uh, put us kids in orphanage. My old brother and sister were in another one, but I was the youngest in respite um, where I come from. And um, that was my earliest. And then when she did collect us, which was after a couple of years, it was straight into an abusive household, um, domestic violence, alcoholism, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So me being the youngest, I was the shyest kid, you know, uh, from um, quite strong um, siblings, you know, strong-willed uh, siblings. So I was pretty quiet and broken when I was young. Broken, when I say broken, I mean, um, 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 God, I hate saying you. Um, broken as in my spirit was broken young. I, I, I was always frightened and um, fear-driven. You know, at home I was really quiet. At school I was a noisy, cheeky kid. Um, I guess that's my outlet, as um, you know, just suppressing myself from childhood at home. So yeah, that was my childhood. Thanks. And do you want to tell us when you started drinking and how it progressed? Okay. I, because there was alcoholism in the house, I was quite frightened of it. But I remember the first time. I was maybe about 12, uh, the first time I, I got drunk, and I loved it. I, I loved it because I was such a shy kid uh, and no self-esteem. When I drank, it was at home, and, you know, I was with my mate, and uh, they were partying, and they were giving us beers every time. You know, we were going to the toilet just to get, you know, because they said, hey, drink this. And um, I just liked the feeling, you know. It took me away from the way I, I, I felt I was, you know, like um, even as a young kid I knew I, I felt like I was a nobody and I was never going to be a somebody. And when I drank, that changed. It changed the way I thought only for that period, you know, wake up the next day and it's back to the, you know, God, you know, I, I'm not worthy and all that sort of carry on. So... Yeah, around about 12, and it wasn't daily then, it was just it, opportunity, opportunity, because, you know, being a 12-year-old, you're still a kid, so yeah. And how did you drink, like socially, alone, binge drinking? Um, it was socially, once I um, started drinking, you know, like a bunch of us kids would get together and find someone's parent to buy us alcohol, and then we'd just get on it, you know, that's how it was. Mm. And did you ever feel it was a problem and did you ever try to stop? 
No, I never felt it was a problem when I was young. I felt it saved my life because um, suicidal thoughts and self-harm thoughts. So when I drank, it took that away. So in my early drinking days, I I drank until there was nothing left or I drank until I passed out. Um, But, yeah, I felt it saved my life in my early days, you know, when I was young. Mm. And what made you realise that you needed help? Oh. Um, what, did you lose relationships? Did you lose employment? Did you have problems with the law? Well, all of that. I didn't realise, you know, I, I was, I drank and drank and drank and that's just the normal for me. And, and like, every time I got arrested, you know, I just thought, oh, yeah, that's, this is how it is, it's just normal. And, you know, I, I say this, I didn't lose anything, I gave it away. I gave it away. I knew exactly where the job was. I knew exactly where my family were. I chose to drink over them. You know, so um, so rock bottomy didn't come until um, I didn't. I know I could. I was unemployable, and I was just crapping on people around me just to get what I wanted, and um, I just. Became a new. I, no, my daughter's mum was pregnant, and I knew. I just knew within myself that oh, you know, I need to change. I need to get out of this because um, she would have been looking after my daughter and me. You know, I was, just wasn't an adult in my head. So yeah, I got rock bottom, proper rock bottom when um, my daughter's mum was pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And can you describe like physical, mental, and emotional decline? What you experienced? Did you experience decline in those areas of your life? How do you mean? So, did you have decline in your mental health, physical health, emotional? Like, did you struggle to cope with life on its own terms? Or emotionally, I was still a kid. You know, I didn't know how to deal with stuff. You know, I I was. I used to pride myself on how um, casual I was, but really, in my head. I was doing somersaults and, you know, I was throwing uh, toys out of the cot in my head. Um, mental health-wise, I don't believe I, I was affected by that, um, apart from that, that that obsession of drinking and, and, you know, doing other things alcoholically. So, um, yeah. Uh, but physically, I, I suffer now. I didn't look after my body, you know, literally didn't look after my body and, you know, since I've been in recovery, you know, diabetes, new hips, bloody, you know, operations and all that kind of carry on. And I, I truly believe that's just from not looking after myself. Mm. Do you want to tell us about um, how you made your way to your first AA meeting and what that was like? Yeah, yeah. Um, a friend of mine had uh, sobered up and she was wearing really bright colours and stuff and she's going, oh, I'm sober now, blah, blah, blah. I didn't believe her. And, but she wasn't wearing black, and um, this was a week before I went away to, I no, not a week before I went to rehab, but it was a week before I got the letter saying I was accepted to rehab. And she took me to meetings, and I didn't want to be a part of it. I thought, oh, no, this isn't me. But yet I kept on hearing my story you know, from other people, and I thought, oh, maybe it is me, and maybe this is a solution, but... I was still full-blown alcoholic at that stage, so yeah. How did you? Um, how did AA members treat you? How did the? How um? How did that make you feel? 
Um, the first person that shook my hand, I, I had as my sponsor for my first 18 years of sobriety. And other people were, were friendly, but um, trust issues sort of kept me at bay. Yeah. Mm. And going into your process of recovery, how have you managed to stay sober? Oh, uh, really simple for me. Uh, it's uh, doing step work regularly, continuously, being of service, having service positions, having home groups, and regular contact with my sponsor and God, yeah, coming to believe in God and making sure I just keep all those things close. Hmm. And um, what have you done to ensure your sobriety? What else have you done? Well, I've kind of just said, you know, like yeah. this is what I do, you know, uh, and I, I'm regular about it. I'm not a um, one meeting a week person. I, I do as many as I can. Face to face and online, you know, mm-hmm. Zoom, I, and I hold service positions in certain meetings that I have to show up and do that, and that's part of my recovery. So surrendering to alcoholism by doing service mm-hmm. and meeting, you know, by working a program. Yeah, and have you had um, challenges with the pro with AA, like with other people or with um, you know anxiety or doing service? Have you had any problems with doing that, and how have you dealt with them? Well, the personalities that you don't have to like everyone in Alcoholics Anonymous, and not everyone has to like me. But I know for myself that if I if I stop going to meetings because I don't like someone there's a chance I'll stop going to more meetings. And I have literally seen people not go to meetings because they didn't like someone and die. Mm. And that, that's a good reaffirmation to stay. Yeah. Uh, and how, how important has doing service with an AA been to you? Paramount. Uh, service is um, something I, I feel... Uh, it helps lock in the early days it helped lock me into a meeting so it might have been bringing milk so oh, I've got to go to that meeting I don't want to let everyone down you know um, or you know you might see a meeting that's starting to crumble so I'll jump in and do some service there to help keep it floating I like doing behind the scenes service uh, I prefer to do you know like things that, that um, the newcomer doesn't see you know, I prefer it that way. So, yes, I think services are most important. Mm. Uh, and how do you, um, would you describe your life today? How do you feel, how be, do you feel about yourself um, and um, being sober? How, how has being sober changed your life? Oh, it's, it's, my life is uh, fantastic. Um, in the way that I can be authentic to who I am, I'm able to front up to my jobs, I'm able to be a really good family member, a really good friend, and I like to think I'm a good AA member or 12-step member because um, we say the newcomer is most important, but yeah, in all honesty, for me, I have to be looked at, yeah, look after myself, so I am good for the newcomer. You know, I go to meetings to get wellness, not to spread wellness. So you know, it's, it's how it is for me today. Yeah. And since being becoming sober, how's your life changed? Like relationships, uh, say employment or your living situation, how things changed? Oh, well, it's end up having um, a secure life regarding, um, you know, being able to 
seventh tradition myself, paying my bills on time, uh, paying my rent, my power, having food, being able to, you know, do the fundamental basics without it actually being a, a struggle. Um, and, and, you know, like this is employment, I've been involved in um, many different jobs, but I kept the job for... Uh, 20 years, and I was fully involved, not just a worker. I was a health and safety rep. I was a tutor. I was um, uh, like a connector, which is, you know, friends at the gate type thing, um, um, asking people how they are and, and all that kind of stuff. Treasurer at work for uh, social clubs. Um, and so that's just my work aspects. And then, you know, the, the bosses trust me and, and the employees trust me. And then my life at home has been just as good. I've been married and divorced in recovery, and that's okay. Um, but my relationships are honest. Um, um, I don't uh, no longer have an agenda when I, when I meet people. You know, if someone says, you want to go for a coffee, I'm not thinking, what do you want? I'm thinking, okay. You know, so I'm able to interact with people at different levels too, not just um, you know friends or family, uh, employees. I, I, I can interact with people in the community and not feel any less. I used to, you know. Now I don't, I, I, no one's better, and I'm no better, and, and that makes my relationships with pretty much everyone I'm involved with healthy. You know, there's no judgmental or none of that kind of stuff. So I do really well. Um, you know, I've recently just moved here and there's no rhyme or reason. It's because I can. You know, I sold everything I had and I've moved, you know, and I've moved here. And I thought, well, why not start doing more meetings, you know. And that's the joy of recovery for me because I have a choice today. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. I can choose to do things. I'm not running for anything. I choose to do this. And, you know, if I don't like it, I can choose to do something else. Yeah. You got any goals for the future? Oh, I think my main goal is stay sober, stay in touch with God and um, my physical health. You know, sort of going through arthritis and that sort of stuff, so um, certain jobs I can no longer do. And one of the reasons I am here is to focus on better health care. Yeah. Cool. And um, AA is described as a spiritual program, not a religious program. What does spirituality mean for you? Okay. mean to you? Yeah. uh, I'm a staunch believer in spirituality. You know, uh, for me, my higher power is a he, she, it, or a them. And um, I don't need to know what it is as long as it's there. Um, and I heard someone say many, many years ago, and this is probably something you know, the listeners have heard, is um, uh, religion is when you die, you don't want to go to hell. Spirituality is you don't want to go back to hell. And that's how I like it, because I've lived hell. And now I'm spiritual, I stay away from it. You know. And what would you suggest for any listeners um, who may have a drinking problem? Well, I think, you know, you've got to come to the place where you want to stop. It's not, you might already need to stop, but if you want to stop, then you will actually get it. And also keep it in the day, sometimes in the minute, in the hour. Um, 
I don't future project my um, sobriety. I just keep it in the day. And, you know, for me, when I hit the pillow, as I've recovered that day and I wake up and start all over again and just keep it really simple, you know, listen for the similarities, not the differences, and connect with people. Is there any advice that you wish someone had given you when drinking became a problem? Honestly, no, because I wasn't ready. You know, that's the honest truth. I can't say, you know, if someone started saying something to me, I'd be pushed right away. Mm. And are there any questions that you would ask someone to help them decide whether they have a problem or need help? Generally, I ask someone, where do they want to be in five years? I just say, where do you want to be in five years? And, you know, where are you now? And that's that's sort of my my basic question because uh, when someone's a newcomer, being inundated with um, information can be too much. So I just Mm. keep it really simple. I just say, where do you want to be? And that gives them time to reflect where they are now and where they might want to be. Yeah. And where can people go um, if they think they, if they need help? What are some things they can do to get help? Oh, if, if, if you need to go through a detox process, you go to your local um, alcohol and drug services or go online, or look you know, for AA meetings or whatever, you know, 12-step meetings that you might identify with. And, um, you know, maybe you've got a workmate or someone you know who's doing sober talk to them, you know, there are avenues, it's how you go about it, Google was, was you know, all mm. pretty amazing, so, yeah Yeah, awesome, thanks Ross well, Ross, thank you for um, thank you much for coming on the show and for sharing your story with us For our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous you can look us up on the web at www aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show is every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz where you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with the serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. God, God, grant me the serenity to accept accept the things things I cannot change. change. Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.